the first of many curtains. Little light now came into her spiritual house. Shit, she said, for no other reason than it seemed to express the gestalt of the moment. Gwen turned, leaned on the prosthetically elongated end of the picnic table. Gwendolyn Littleton was Heath's aunt. She was seventy-one, thin and in superb condition. Her hair was eternally and determinedly red. She swore she would go to the grave, clutching a bottle of Lady Clairol in one hand and a bottle of hormone replacement pills in the other. She wore her naturally frizzy hair up in a wild bird's nest she referred to as a Neo-Gibson girl. Her face wasn't youthful or even pretty, but Heath loved it. Every wrinkle turned up at the end, forcing against gravity and life's myriad evils by Gwen's tendency to laugh at that which did not kill. She wasn't laughing now. The hurt Heath had caused showed around Gwen's mouth and eyes, a flinching as if from a physical blow. Maybe a camping trip was a rotten idea. Not camping. Handy camping, Heath retorted and was sorry when the pinch of pain on her aunt's face deepened. Gotta call it something, sugar, Gwen said gently, her southern drawl making sugar the sweetest of words. Heath said nothing. Shame clogged her throat. Shame and self-pity, and shame at the self-pity. Hey, Wiley, she called the dog. He heaved himself to his paws with a gusty sigh and ambled over in his loose-jointed way. It had been said that every cloud had a silver lining. For Heath, this bedraggled, smart, ugly dog was it. The one thin flicker in the great dark firmament, like low summer lightning beneath a midwestern tornado sky. Hey, dog, she said, and scratched his ratty ears. On December 23rd, Heath had fallen from an ice chute up by the keyhole on Long's Peak, Rotten ice had dropped her sixty-eight feet to a helicopter ride and her new life as a cripple. Sixty-eight feet. Lucky to be alive, everyone said. The hospital had been her world through March. Physical therapy, Prozac, more physical therapy, Effexor, pool therapy, Xanax. Lots of Xanax. Watching people in gaily colored scrubs prattling in gaily banal conversation, manipulating chunks of flesh and bone she could no longer feel, gave Heath the creeps. On the Ides of March, she'd given up, quit. The antidepressants she flushed down the john. She wasn't depressed because her brain didn't work. She was depressed because her life no longer worked. The wheelchair came in April, Wiley in June. The dog and Gwen kept Heath from folding like a cheap kite in a windstorm. Lucky to be alive, Heath said, to see if it sounded true yet. It didn't. Lucky for me, Gwen replied. And again, Heath felt guilty. The late summer day had eased seamlessly into night. Stars appeared and disappeared as the last of the monsoons, the northern edge of them, visited Rocky and thundercells racketed around the mountains. Lightning flickered over Long's Peak and Flattop. Thunder rolled down the canyons from the high places, bringing the ineffable perfume of rain on pines, an elixir that made even Heath feel alive. The feeling was followed immediately by the memory of a life. What is it, darling? 
Gwen asked, as she tidied away the ends of their meal, whisking the crumbs from the hot dog buns onto the ground for the ducklings. You're feeding the wildlife, Heath accused to avoid the question. The crumbs just fell off. Gwen sat on the picnic table, feet on the bench. You look so down. Mountain air is supposed to lift the spirits, make the heart sing. Yeah, Heath agreed. Then the wine said, It might work if I wasn't a fucking cripple. She smiled because Gwen wanted her to. But she could feel the riptide of alcohol and despair dragging her down to the cold, dark bottom of the sea, where one day she could drown in booze or bitterness. She tried to think of heroes, of Lance Armstrong, of the man who cut his arm off with a pocket knife rather than die in the wilderness, of those people who'd overcome and triumphed. But they could walk. An arm was nothing, a few toes, a foot, even one leg. From where she sat, those looked like a cakewalk. They, the lucky, the one-armed, the one-legged, the three-toed, were not helpless. It was the helplessness as much as the loss of her old life, her old self, that scared Heath witless. Scared her so bad she'd told no one, not even Gwen. Bears could eat her, fires burn her, criminals mug her, little boys torment her, and there was nothing she could do about it but rail pathetically or die. Stop it, she said. What? Gwen, roused from contemplation of an ember in the barbecue grate, a poor understudy for a campfire, but all that was allowed in the park during fire season. Wiley was licking my hand, Heath lied. Gwen looked at the relatively innocent dog lying some yards from the wheelchair, but said nothing. Home for bed, not to sleep, to read she assured her niece, and Heath wondered if the stab of fear she'd felt at being left alone had shown on her face. I'm going for a walk, a uh, roll, Heath announced, to prove fear wasn't what Gwen had seen. The older woman stopped, one foot in the tent, one out, the rain fly in her hand. Heath waited to be told not to go, or for Gwen to pretend she wanted to come along. After too long a silence, Gwen said, Don't run over anybody, and ducked out of sight into the orange toadstool she was calling home for three nights. Heath would sleep in the back of the RV. It had been fitted out for her special needs. Fucking special Olympian, she muttered to herself, and unlocked the brakes on her chair, so Gwen would hear her rolling away and know she wasn't bluffing about the walk. Though she could afford a mechanized chair, she'd opted for the hand-powered variety. Rolling her own weight around was a small thing, but it mattered. Not much, but she had fallen from the realm of choosers into the realm of beggars, and she clung to it. The paths, Heath was enough of a snob, she couldn't bring herself to call them trails, throughout the Sprague Lake Handicamp were wide and graveled. Like the picnic tables and toilets, they were designed to accommodate people with disabilities. The one she chose headed toward the lake, an exquisite shallow jewel of water, dammed in the early part of the 20th century to form a fishing lake for a lodge, long since dismantled. Having rolled a few yards, Heath stopped. The crunching of wheels on crushed rock should have convinced Gwen she'd really gone, and Gwen would be listening, worrying, waiting. 
Knowledge of this protective love grated on Heath's nerves. To be helpless was either to be alone or without privacy. The former was terrifying, the latter intolerable. With a determined push, she sent herself not on the level boardwalk spanning a lobe of the lake, but up the steep path that wound into a forest of lodgepole and ponderosa. A grade she once wouldn't have deigned to call a bunny slope now taxed her back and shoulder muscles. The vertebra she'd smashed was low enough she still had some motor control in her hips and butt. The doctors said that made her stronger. Stronger than what? She sweated and puffed. Effort filled the mind. Fear was not gone, only pushed back, just out of sight. It followed her, chasing her into the thicker darkness beneath the evergreens. Heath drove blind, but she didn't slow down. Knuckles brushed fur. Wiley had come unbidden. The dog stayed close, but he wasn't a seeing eye dog. Her right wheel crashed into a branch or rock. The chair twisted, throwing Heath to one side. A flash of old wisdom spun through her mind. Steer into the skid. But this wasn't ice. It was gravity. And she went down. Three seconds in darkness and not-so-free fall took a long time and ended abruptly. Her elbow struck something soft. She had the decency to hope it wasn't wily. Above ear level, she could hear the spinning of a wheel. Only a few months had passed since she'd taken this seat that was to be hers for life, yet already she knew the wheelchair like liars claimed to know the backs of their hands. Each click and slip and groan spoke to her. By the clean whir of the hub, she knew the wheel hadn't been damaged. For half a minute, she gave into the...